Hey there, and welcome to the If She Did It podcast. I'm your host, Becky Fagan, a social media and business growth coach helping aspiring and new entrepreneurs kickstart their business and master Instagram marketing. In these episodes, we'll be talking all things entrepreneurship and social media marketing as a whole. You'll leave every episode energized and ready to bring yourself and your business to the next level. Welcome back to the If She Did It podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode. Well, today's episode. I've been posting two episodes a week, but this week I am talking to my dear friend, Gabby Mail. Um, I worked with her as my fitness coach for a while, and she's just absolutely amazing. I love her so much, and I am so excited for y'all to hear more about her and her journey as an entrepreneur, as well as she provides some really awesome value around insight with how social media is shifting and how to kind of continue working with social media and working through all of the changes that have been going on recently. So I'm super stoked about that. Definitely, if you haven't already, check out the link in the show notes about the Abundant Business Academy. If you are a beginner coach that is ready to make 2020 your year, um, I want to help you make a heck of money, a heck of money, a heck of a lot of money this year. And working together would be absolutely phenomenal. And I absolutely love it. There are a few spots left for the February start. And that program won't be offered again until probably around April or May. So definitely you want to get you in now. Um, But don't want to spend too much time talking with you right now. I want to get into this amazing episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Gabby. Thank you for being here. I'm super duper excited. We've seen a lot of each other the past week and a half. And it's like not our norm, but I like it. And I'm sad that you're leaving now. (laughs) <laughs> I know. Terrible timing. I was like, why couldn't we have done this a couple of months ago? Darn it. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I know. I'm super excited to be here today. I love, I mean, anytime we have a conversation, it's always like, I mean, you honestly teach me so much good stuff and I hope that I can do the same today. Of course. I'm sure you will because you're amazing too. Um, okay. So I want you to just start off and like tell every tell us your story. Tell us, be as detailed as you want. <laughs> Amazing. So my name is Gabby Mail. I am 23 years old. I was born in England. So I do have like a European kind of background and whatnot. But I moved to America when I was three. I grew up in a really small town about 30 minutes east of Columbus, Ohio. And um, growing up, I grew up in what I call like the minority of households now that I'm learning as people are opening up on social media and telling their stories. Like I grew up in a very loving household. I have like just the most amazing family. My parents are so freaking in love. Like I just, I really did grow up in the best household ever. I'm so incredibly blessed. And um, through that I have, I mean, obviously like we all have our own story and our own stuff that we've learned, but I think my, the biggest thing for me was I, my senior year of high school, it's just crazy. Like even growing up in a household with the most loving parents who encouraged me and supported me and whatever, I still found myself um, struggling from an eating disorder my senior year of high school. And um, it was it was pretty bad. It was very, very much like orthorexia, which is basically being obsessed with eating clean food and not eating anything like that's processed or sugary. It's, it's a type of uh, anorexia, but you don't fully restrict yourself. Um, and so yeah, I struggled with that for a little bit my senior year, went to college at the University of Kentucky, 
really was opened up to the drinking culture and all of that and just making friends and realized like this is not what I want to do anymore. I, I know that I knew what I was doing wasn't healthy mentally or physically. And so I got a job at the gym at the University of Kentucky, fell in love with fitness um, in a different way, not just like for the aesthetics and whatnot. I really just fell in love with the community and the culture and from there, I created a fitness Instagram. So that's kind of, this is back in 2015 when like that was just kind of starting to become a thing. And luckily my older brother was like, you need to get on this. Like, it's going to become like a big thing. Like you should just create a, a profile. Like it, why not? You know? And so I did. And from there, I mean, long story short, it's just kind of been three to four years of just growing and wow, no, it's been five years now, five years of growing and learning and shifting. I was really heavily focused on the fitness industry and that side of it for the longest time. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a health coach, all of those things. But recently in the past year and a half, I've really started to shift into focusing on teaching women to really love themselves, no matter what they look like and teaching women to embrace themselves and love all of the weird quirky things about them and teaching them about health, not just fitness. Cause I really do think those are two separate things. I think that fitness is what your body can physically do and your health encompasses your social health, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. There's so many aspects to it. So um, what I do now is I am a health coach. I coach women and teach them about all of those different pillars of health and how to really balance all these areas of our life, especially entrepreneurial women. Oh my gosh, like we always end up putting our business first and our health kind of declines slowly, all aspects, not just the physical, like mental health, emotional health, all of that. Um, so I really like working with women in that space too. And then I also own a company called The Rose Retreat and it's a retreat for women. We do conferences, we do retreats all over the world. Technically we've been to Canada, so I can say that like we're international. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm, that's like a really short version of who I am and how I got to where I am today. But um, I'm really, I've been really loving the past, like the, this past year has really just like felt super aligned and it, I almost feel kind of disconnected from my past because it just feels like so long ago as far as like being really obsessive with food and fitness and stuff. Like I've just found a really good balance that just feels really good to me. Yeah. Um, listening to all of that, it's really funny because a couple of things came up for me. First of all, it really hit me like there are a lot of entrepreneurs that went to the University of Kentucky and there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs that go to every university, but I feel like I don't, even though I went there and I came here from New York, it's so funny to think about Kentucky. Like what's Kentucky, you know, like I didn't I even know. know where it was on a map before I came here and there's a lot yeah, of houses. it's so it's so yeah. crazy like I even I even think back because my my sister just graduated my little brother's in that process of starting to look for schools he's a junior in high school and I was just thinking the other day like why did I go to UK like it's three and a half hours from home I wanted to go I always said I wanted to go to California or North Carolina somewhere warm like a beach school and when it came down to it I don't know I literally just like when I opened my letter in the mail, I started crying and I already knew I was going to get in, but for some reason I just started crying. And I think I was like, there's just something like, I just need to, this is where I'm meant to be. And I don't know why, but I'm really, really happy I went here because my life would look so different if I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other cool thing, oh, my dog's barking in the background. Anyway, the other cool thing is that I never actually, like, I didn't know you obviously when we were in college, but I 
and I don't know if we even like know any, I think we know a couple of the same people actually, because I had a really good friend back in college that worked at the gym, but I always like every once in a while I'd hear about you as Gmail fit. Like people would mm-hmm. say like Gmail fit, you know, and it's so true how much you've changed since then and mm-hmm. how much your brand has changed. Like you were serious, like you said, like you were just straight fitness. And even when I did your um, coaching program, I feel like that was kind of at the beginning of when you really started bringing more of the mindset and health and just loving yourself and not necessarily like being so, no, get up and go to the gym every day. Like you want to do this, go like go to the gym or whatever, like honoring that sometimes people aren't ready for that, even though they are ready to get on that journey. Um, and yeah, so I just think it's so cool because looking back at like when we first connected and you've, there's been so many huge changes for you in this past Mm -hmm. year alone. Well, and I think that there's been so many changes on social media and just like this kind of movement when I, when I'm talking about movement in my mind, that's like the body positive body liberation, self-love movement. Um, that has shifted so much even in the past year. And I've learned so much about it, even since kind of starting in it, I guess I've really learned a lot. And I'm actually going to take a second to kind of educate anyone listening because I think it's information that needs to be known. So body positivity, like I didn't know this. And I actually used to get really offended when women that were larger and a part of the body positive movement would kind of attack me in a way and be like, you're, this isn't for you. Like you're just trying to create roles on your stomach. Like, you know, like you're too small to be a part of this movement. It used to really hurt me and I didn't feel very welcomed. And there were times I even was just like, you know what, let's just start posting fitness videos again. Like that's what your people want. That's where your content is. But I just felt so it wasn't me anymore. And I was really, I was really loving this, like this movement. And so body positivity actually stems from it's for women that are in larger plus size bodies. And, um, that is who this movement is for. So women like me, I mean, obviously you guys can't see me right now, but I'm five, six, 140 pounds. Like I'm a white female. I'm very privileged. I'm not your average, like body positive person. So I like to use the term body liberation. It's um, a lot more broad spectrum kind of for women that are what we like to call straight size bodies. Um, so it's been a really big journey the past couple, honestly, the past couple months, even as this people are getting more educated on this movement, me learning how I can create content for women that are like me that want to be a part of this movement, but might not live in like bigger, bigger bodies, but they still have their insecurities and they want to talk about them and they want to embrace them and, and love them and just learning how to be allies with those people and kind of realize that we're all on the same page. We all want the same thing, but also knowing when to take a step back and let them speak because this is their movement. And it's just been a really cool dynamic and learning how to, I mean, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's definitely a difficult realm to be in looking the way I do. But, um, but yeah, I, I just hope that we can continue to shift and we can continue to evolve with this movement and realize that at the end of the day, we all just want to freaking love ourselves. And no matter what you look like, no matter how much you weigh, you, everybody has insecurities, everybody has flaws and things that they don't love about themselves. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been cool, but I, it's, when you said Gmail fit, I, I just reminded me, my email is still Gmail fit at gmail.com. <laughs> and every time someone asks me for my email, I cringe. So I think today is, I'm going to write this down on my to-do list. I need to change my email because it just is so not me anymore. But, um, it's a nice little reminder sometimes of like where I came from. Yeah. Yeah. And you've come far. So that's, it's, it's fun to look back and see that. Um, okay. So another huge thing that you've done in the past year is really start to step 
more into in-person things, in-person retreats, and you're starting to host events. Um, You're doing local even events. Um, So what got you started on this journey to get into the more like hosting these retreats and Mm -hmm. bringing things more in person? Yeah, for sure. So social media, as everyone listening knows, it's, it's huge, right? And it's this place where we all, we all get on and it's very limited though, as much as it's, I mean, it's unlimited because you can reach everyone, but it's limited in the connection that you can have. And my, my business partner and best friend, Michaela Zazon, Mick Zazon on Instagram, um, we both are in this place where we really wanted to take what we were creating on social media and the conversations we were having in our DMs and in the comment section. We wanted to actually feel that in person because both of us were starting to kind of feel disconnected from social media and feeling a disconnect with our audience and with the content we were creating and kind of just going on autopilot in a sense. So we really wanted to create something in person that could be this amazing community that we had created online, but in real life. And a lot of times, I mean, through doing events in the past, I had women come up to me and they'd be like, so shocked. I'm even a real human. They'd be like, Oh my God, you're real. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, this is, it, it just shows the effects that social media can have. Like these people don't think that these other humans are real and they're putting them on this, such a high pedestal. So we wanted to really break that barrier and break that boundary and create more in-person live events so people can get off of social media and get in in-person experience with people and build connections, real human connections. Um, so through that, that we created the Rose Retreat, which Rose stands for Restore, Overcome, Self-Love, and Power. And we do retreats where 20 women can come. And then we this year, we're kind of dabbling our fingers in conferences. So it's a little bit bigger of an event. And it's just been such a cool experience to see how that side of everything works because it's so out of my comfort zone as a business owner. I've always been like, I'm the only boss. I'm the only worker. Like I just do what I know and what I've created and it works. And this is something completely out of my comfort zone, but I've already seen that it's just it, the ben- like the rewards are so much bigger than any online program I've ever done. And I just can't wait to see how it continues to grow. Yeah. So with doing these retreats, especially because this is what like the conference is new this year. Um, how did you even, you decide you want to do it, but then how did you take action? You know, like yeah. how, how did you go from idea to it actually happening? Yeah. So I'm going to give you two different examples for the people that are listening. So the, like, if you want to take action right now and then if you have a little bit of time and money to take action and make it just like an even better experience so from the the very first retreat like our very first retreat mick and i literally got on airbnb slash like google and we were just googling cabins we were like we know we want to just like get a big cabin and it to be this intimate space we just started googling we found one we said f it and we booked it without any plans I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I had to hop in here and talk to my beginner coaches for a minute. So anyone that's in the beginning stages of business struggling to sign clients consistently, or maybe you haven't even started signing clients yet because you don't even know where to begin. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a minute and imagine with me. Imagine getting your mindset right so that you can stop sabotaging your success. Imagine knowing exactly how to build out a program that you're confident in that is going to lead you to being excited to launch and get on sales calls. 
And then once you launch, you're going to be getting DMs from people dying to work with you. And those high ticket sales you deserve start pouring in. Imagine if that was your life. Imagine having confidence surrounding your business through the roof. Like imagine your confidence being through the roof. Would you think I was crazy if I told you that this could all be your reality in the next couple of months? Because I am telling you, that's what the Abundant Business Academy will give you. It's all of that. You can have that. It's so freaking attainable and it is so close to reach. So if you want this life, then I urge you to head to the show notes and click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Abundant Business Academy and then schedule a call with me so that we can chat about the Abundant Business Academy and determine if it is the right fit for you. I really hope to talk to you soon. And without further ado, let's get back to the podcast. Not the smartest, maybe business plan. That's why I said I'm going to give you two examples of how we've gone about it. But first and foremost, like we had a vision, we had a dream and there was nothing that was going to stop us. We were like, we're doing this. We know that women are going to sign up even though we don't have anything planned right now. So first and foremost, we literally just booked the thing because once we booked it, we had to do it. And we were like, okay, we're committed now. So we booked it. We were like, okay, we're doing this. And then we just started planning. Uh, my favorite, like I do a lot of the back end stuff with our event. And I, my favorite thing to do first and foremost is start to lay out like what workshops do we want to do? What, what um, points do we want to drive home? What information do we want to get across? And so we just made a list of like, what do we want the women that are coming and spending time with us to leave with? What do we want them to feel? What do we want them to have learned? So we made that list. And then from there, created a schedule and kind of then obviously picked out the nitty gritty, figured out the food and all that. But our first event like was all us. We did every aspect, have no event planning background or anything. We just grinded it out. And that was how it started. Yes, it was not the most amazing thing. It was amazing for what it was. And we didn't charge that much because we knew it was like our first ex- like experience doing this, but it was the start of something and we saw the potential. And so from there, we did hire an event planner. So now what it looks like is we have an event planner, we have a marketing team, we have we have a lot of people that are helping us create this. So what's cool now is Mick and I are more like the visionary people and kind of come up with the ideas and have like the big concepts. And then we can kind of hand them off to people because we now can afford it and have enough like traction where we can kind of delegate tasks to people who wear that's their zone of genius. Our event planner, she's incredible. She does retreats in Bali. She's done, she's just amazing. She is incredible. And she's done conferences before too for huge events. So we just felt really confident. And, and also for anyone listening, she found us on social media and she reached out. She was like, Hey guys, I saw you did a retreat. Just wanted to see if you had an event planner would love to be involved in this. Cause this is also a space that I like love being with. And we were like, yes, let's do it. So yeah, she just reached out. And then since then, we've just been kind of adding people into the team. And now it, it's definitely a lot more of a structured building of a process. But my advice for the people that are wanting to do it, like Becky just came to an event I did on Monday. It was a vision board workshop, super duper simple. It does, people make things way too complicated. We make things so complicated and freak out if every aspect is not going to be perfect. And if every, like, if we don't, know 100% how to do this or how to do this or we just get so scared and we get so stuck in our heads and we think that fear like fear is just going to stop us right but you can literally do it like all you need is a couple people to say yes to you to come to your event and honestly if you have if you're invested in it you can make it a free event too to get the traction going and just if you know what you want to get out of it you will make it happen you've been to events before you know what they look like you know how they go and 
you will create it. It just takes having the balls to say yes and the balls to like actually commit to doing it. Yeah, that's so true. And as you're talking, another thing that just kind of hit me, I guess, and I, it hit me the other day too, just thinking about like you're 20, 23, right? Did you mm-hmm. say 23? Okay. You're 23 years old. You technically have like four businesses. Like you have the Rose Retreat, you have Switch It Up, which is your fitness like platform. Mm-hmm. And then you have your coaching and then you have like mm-hmm. your influencer stuff. Yep. That's 100%. That's crazy. Like it's insane. <laughs> it makes me, it makes my, like, I don't know if you guys like, like watch SpongeBob, but you know, and like, just like, I'm like literally blowing up right now. Like my head just explodes. Like it just makes me emotional, but also like, but also when people say that, like, I want to almost put a caution with that because when people say that they then think, okay, Gabby's like, she's got it so figured out. Like she's running four businesses at 23. Like it is not easy. And I do not have it all figured out. I don't really have an actual agenda or schedule. Like when I see people like have their color coded coordinated thing, I'm like, dang, I should probably do that. I do have four businesses I'm running, you know, (laughs) like I don't have it all figured out yet, but I am so freaking determined to, when I want to do something, I'm going to make it work. Mm -hmm. Obviously yeah, there's things I can improve on and I could be more organized and have a color coordinated Google calendar, but like you, it's when you want to do something and you want to create something and you are passionate about the outcome. I think that's the most important part. It's like, what's your, we talked about this the other day. What's your intention behind it? What do you actually want to get out of this? And how do you want to feel there? How do you want people to leave feeling? Mm-hmm. And whether it's an online product or an online course or a coaching program or whatever it is you're creating, how do you want people to feel when they're in your space and when they're consuming your product or working on your thing? And if you are so passionate about that, you will create it and you will make it work. And that's kind of, I think, the line between really good entrepreneurs and people who are kind of like just want to be entrepreneurs and like aspiring entrepreneurs. You're always going to be stuck in that like okay phase if you if you can't drop that fear of of failing, of being judged, of not really knowing if you're good enough or comparing yourself to people. You just have to realize like, yeah, I'm 23. I have four businesses, but also like, I'm not perfect and I'm still figuring it out and, and it's okay. You know, you don't have to, I think a lot of people think they have to have everything perfect before they even start. But I think it's better to start and learn along the way. Oh, for sure. For sure. And even like, I mean, in terms of my business, I, I kind of started and learned along the way. I did like hire a coach like right off the bat, but a good example is this podcast. So I accidentally launched my podcast on Anchor because I use Anchor and I didn't know that if you upload something, like the first time you upload it, they don't really give you an, at least I didn't see an option to upload it in the future. So I just clicked like upload and next thing it go, it's like, your podcast is getting sent to Spotify and iTunes and all these things to get approved. And I was like, guess I have a podcast. And even still now I hired a VA a couple weeks ago and I was talking to her today and I was like, yeah, eventually I want you to take over some of the stuff with my podcast to make my life easier. But it's still so all over the place that I can't hand it to you yet because like, I come up with the title for my podcast episodes as I'm uploading them to eight. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm doing enough to give it to you because I don't plan enough in advance for my podcast, but it just goes to show that if you're determined and you want to do something and you don't care if it fails or it doesn't get like, if it doesn't reach your expectations off the bat, like that doesn't matter. 
if that doesn't matter to you and you just go for it, then it's going to work out no matter if it ha- works out right away or it takes time for it to, yeah. for you to reach your goals. Yeah. And, and you're, and you'll learn and stuff too. It's so important. I'm honestly, I'm the same way with my podcast. Cause it's not, I mean, that's not our, I keep saying it, but that's not our zone of genius. At least I love talking. That's my, honestly, <laughs> one of my zone of geniuses. I could talk forever, but the whole idea of running a podcast, that's a whole business in itself. That's literally yeah. like, that is a full-time job right there. So when it's just something that you're doing to kind of add value to your clients or add value to your followers, another place to send people, another place, another list of resources to have. It's totally something that you don't need to overthink. It doesn't need to be perfect. You don't need to go to a super expensive studio and record and have someone, a graphic designer doing your cover art, like get on Canva, create something decent and get it going, you know, unless, unless this is going to be your full-time thing and it's like what you want to go a hundred percent in on then yes, obviously maybe take some more time and make it more professional before you launch it. But when you're just getting started, when you're in that beginner stage, you just have to click go and, and learn along the way. Because if I wouldn't have done everything that I had done back in college to kind of set me up for where I am, I wouldn't have been able to be a full-time business owner when I graduated. I would have had to probably get another job and then you never know where that then leads you and you get stuck in that kind of cycle, you know? So I always tell people when they're like, when should I start my business? When should I launch it? When should I like, like go all in? It's like, just start. You don't have to go all in, but at least start something because you're going to learn so much and gain so much just like experience. And you're going to learn more about what you actually want to do. I can't tell you how many businesses or ideas I've had along the way that I've done. I'm like, yep, let's do it. And they don't work, but you know what? I learned from them and I've, I've grown from them and other things have come because of them. So it's like, it's scary, but it is literally so worth it. Yeah, I agree. And something, something else that when you were saying, like, if you, if, especially the podcast, like just go for it. And as long as this isn't like your, your podcast isn't your business, just go for it and start it. And even if it is your business, like your podcast, just go for it and start it anyway. And like, see what happens. But it brought, it brought up for me this, like, the conversation of comparison, because I know that that's something that you've dealt with a lot in like dealing with like comparison on social media and maybe like muting accounts and that kind of a thing. And I recently found myself questioning, like, is my little Logitech headset with the little microphone good enough for my podcast? Because this one, I, I, right I know you, I have have right now. <laughs> you have your AirPods. And that's what I was going to say is like this girl I follow, I don't know her intention behind her podcast. I don't know if she's just doing it for fun or she's trying to make a business out of it, but she was launching a podcast and she made it a huge thing. Like she made this whole launch plan for it and she bought this like absurdly expensive microphone and headset and all this. She was talking about using a paid platform to, to host her podcast and all these things. And I'm like, what? I bought a like $25 headset and started recording, uploaded myself to Audacity and went for it. Like what's happening here? And I really did sit back for a second and question myself. And I was like, am I doing this wrong? And I mean, people listen, like there was no reason for me to question myself, but because this one person that I followed whose story I watched when she was launching a podcast got in my head, I started to question, am I like, did I do this all wrong? Like, should I have even like, was I prepared to start a podcast? Meanwhile, I'm like 30 episodes in, like, it's a little too late to be questioning that, but it it did get me questioning it. And 
And yes. I think too, especially something with podcasts, I think Instagram and social media is another really good example. Um, it's not about what headphone you, I mean, as long as make sure it's good quality, like make sure your quality is there at least yes. at the bare minimum, but it's not about if you have the most expensive headset, if you have the coolest graphic design, whatever, it's about what your message is and the words you're saying, because, and, and who you're reaching and, and who you're impacting, because you could have the coolest damn podcast like ever, but if what you're talking about is just blah, no one's going to listen, you know, like it's, it, it's all about what you're actually doing and saying. And again, if the passion's there and you really, you know, you have something that you want the world to hear, then it's going to come across amazing. If you're using AirPods, if you're using a nice Logitech headset, or if you're using the five grand microphone, it does not matter. Like so true. just, just speak, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. For sure. Um, okay. So the other thing, um, let's talk a little bit. And I think that this goes in also with what we were talking about before with you getting more into live events versus strictly online, how social media is shifting. And we were even talking about like TikTok before we started recording Mm -hmm. and how that's like a new thing to explore. And, um, yeah, just let's talk about how it's shifting and how to kind of work with Instagram and social media as that's Mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. So obviously if you, I'm I'm assuming your audience is mostly like business owners or people that are on social media and kind of like trying to make it work for them. So social media, as we all know, in the past couple months has changed a lot as far as like how the algorithm works and how your content is seen, how easy it is or not easy it is to grow and all of that. So for Instagram specifically, I've learned the past couple months, it really is about learning how to work the algorithm. Sometimes I don't like that because I know if I post a picture with less clothing on, it's going to get more traction. Duh. Like that's just, that's life. That's not even just the algorithm. That's just human brains. Like if they see skin, they're going to click like. So, but there's a way to do that and be authentic and make it work for you. So I think Mick, if you guys don't follow her, Mick Zazon is a great example of this. Um, She's someone who has inspired me to know how to work the algorithm like yeah okay a picture in of my bikini or with less clothing on or whatever is going to get more traction well my message has a lot to do with body so let's do it in a way that is like not sexual but like very intentional like okay let's talk about cellulite let's talk about stretch marks let's talk about this or that or whatever obviously not every single day because no one wants to see that but the more content that you like if you go through your content on Instagram specifically honestly all content to be honest if you go through and you look okay which ones did really well this week if i look through i posted five times this week which ones did really well what time was it posted what am i wearing what am i talking about what am i doing and kind of take some notes on what's working for you and then recreate that i think people i know i even like mick has inspired me to get over this fear I was scared of like posting the same stuff because I didn't want to just be super redundant, but if it's working, it's working, you know, like obviously don't post just the same thing, find different ways to talk about different topics and this and that and get creative with it. But if it's working for you, then it's working for you. And that's all that matters. So just not being scared to go all in on the stuff that's actually serving you and serving your clients and serving your audience, because it, that's how the algorithm works. And then the algorithm is really cool in the sense that if you're doing really well and getting traction and creating that content, that's really hitting home. Then when you do have a post, that's maybe a little bit different, 
it will still get shown more because the algorithm knows that people like your content and people like to interact. So it's all about engagement, like how engaging is your post, getting people yeah. to comment below, getting people to tag a friend, getting people to like share their story because people are selfish. We are all in a good way. I don't say that in a bad way. I think it's yeah. like a good selfish. We all want to talk about ourselves. Yes. We all want to tell our story or give our two cents on something. And so when you're creating these posts, do it in a way where people can apply it, apply what you're saying to their life. And then they can also then share it with you so that they feel connected to you as an influencer or as a person, you know, like they, so that they can literally feel like they're sharing a story with you. You know, I think that's like been one of the most important things I've noticed recently is just how engaged you get people. Um, one quick little, I'm going to share a secret. So everyone here, this is, this is my secret and you guys, you heard it here first. Um, something I've been doing that I've noticed helps get my story views up. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it's just like an Instagram thing. It's a hack. So don't share it with all your friends. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> um, so if, when you're doing your stories, Instagram obviously wants you to use the tools that they provide to you. So I've done polls. I've done the quiz thing, whatever, but I've noticed the questions tab for some reason, the, like when you, you say like, ask me a question below or like, what's your, whatever. Like sometimes I'll do like, leave a positive comment below or what was the best part of your day and people can write in it. I've noticed that that for some reason, Instagram's like, Ooh, people are engaging and my story views will double. I'm not kidding. Like I, if I'm, if my story views have kind of gotten a little bit lower, I will literally do, I'll do a questions thing and make sure it's like a good one that I know a lot of people are going to want to put their two, like the AIM one I did the other day. I was like, what's your AIM username? Um, my story views went up to like a number that I haven't seen before. It's crazy. So, um, and then making sure you're actually re like sharing them. That's important yeah. too. Is like sharing the answers because again, Instagram sees that people are engaging and that people are liking this content. And then, so they push it forward on people's timelines. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great little hack for us. Thank you, Gabby. And also with that, so for anybody that's listening, that's like in the beginning, let's say you're like the beginning stages of your business and you're like, I post a question and no one answers. Um, mm -hmm. Like what Gabby said, she asked last week, we, her and I actually got coffee on Friday and I brought up like I made it a TikTok as a joke initially and I made it my aim username from mm -hmm. high school because I thought I was being funny and then I found out that I couldn't change it so I was stuck with it <laughs> so I had to make a new account but that's another story for another day but so she went home and she asked people like what was your aim username and everyone answered and you might say okay but Gabby has like all these followers of course people are answering but think about it like if but let me tell like, you something pause right there yeah if okay so this is a great example I did the AIM username thing got hundreds of responses the next day I asked a question. I said like, what questions do you have about switch it up? Which is my program. I got maybe two. Yeah. This is me with 113,000 followers. I got two to three responses. So right. I started asking myself questions. That is not bad. I will, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm a minute. I ask myself questions sometimes. Like if there's a, if there's a question that I like, how many days a week do you get workouts? I want people to know that I'll ask myself that question and post it. So it looks like someone asked me not all the time, but I do do it. Yeah. Not gonna lie. No, but, that is um, a good thing for sure. It, it, yeah. It's so ask asking questions that are people actually want to answer and then yes. do the ones about your business. Then do yes. the ones that are like what you want to get to maybe help you profit more or whatever, but doing like the questions that are actually going to 
people want to answer. They're not like embarrassed to answer. They're excited because it kind of makes them, it brings up an emotion of some sort, like AIM. Obviously, that's like nostalgia right there. Exactly, exactly. Or like asking, instead of doing a poll, asking somebody like, what's she for, Target or Walmart? Or like something that's Mm -hmm. so that people have a strong opinion about basically, or Mm -hmm. think it's so funny. And let me tell you this one thing. Or another thing is like, if you ask the same question every single day, like if your thing is to, if you're talking a lot about intentions, you can ask, what's your intention? Every single day asking, what's your intention? Over time, people will start to respond to it. So yes, exactly what you said is correct. Like it doesn't matter your following. If you're asking the right questions, people will respond. Mm-hmm. And then again, take note. If if you mm-hmm. notice something pops off, do something similar, you know, and then maybe sprinkle in a, a businessy one that you need to do like just to, for your own personal business, but don't get down on yourself. Cause I literally have over a hundred thousand people on my page and I got three responses the other day. So you're not <laughs> alone. It's so funny. Yeah. When people, when it comes to spend like asking questions that lead to people spending money, they're like, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. Just spend money. I'll, I'll give you my AIM, but I won't give you any money. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm, I'm like, here's my money. Here's my money. Like, I, I, I'm, I seriously, like, unless I absolutely know that I'm, like, interested in buying something and I have the money or I'm, like, ready to invest or something, I will not even get on a call with someone because I swear a brick wall could sell me something and I would buy it. Like, I- oh, I've noticed. <laughs> I have noticed. But I think that's a good thing. I think that you, you've seen the benefits of investing in yourself yeah. and in and in people. And I'm sure that you've even noticed, like, I mean, the benefits of investing in my coaching, it's now Mm -hmm. made an amazing relationship between us that has, you've been on my podcast, I've been on yours, you've been to each other's events, like it's, it it can make mutual relationships flourish. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, investing in yourself is so and in your business, obviously, there's so many benefits to that. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so I have one last question for you. And you kind of honestly talked about it a bit on your own, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I ask everyone. Let's do it. So since this podcast is all about inspiring people to go after their dreams, if someone's thinking about starting their own business, but is scared to get started, what would you want to tell them? Um, I would say do it sister or brother. <laughs> do it. I mean, I mean, but in all seriousness, like if you are thinking about something, if there's something that you are just, it's been kind of in the back of your head for a long time, it's, you feel like it's right. It feels in alignment. I think that's the biggest thing. If you, if this is something that Sally does and she, it's worked for her cough, cough, MLM companies. Um, and it's just something that you think is a good opportunity, maybe think twice about it. But if this is something that you've been dreaming up for years now or months now, and you just can't stop thinking about it and you're really passionate about it. And it's the one thing that when you sit down to have coffee with an old friend, you just, you don't even talk about work or your new boyfriend, you talk about this. Then I think that there is nothing that should be able to stop you because your passion and your determination is going to outweigh any of the failures that you have along the way. It's going to outweigh any of the doubts and the fears that you have because you know that what you want to do is going to change the world, you know? And, and, and I'm saying this, as someone who does a very inspirational business, like inspiring women and whatnot. But even if your passion and your motivation is to start a chapstick company, I'm looking at chapstick right now. That's why I said that, um, that can help people. That is something people need. Maybe you have the best damn chapstick in the world. And it's, it's, I mean, coming from someone that needs chapstick 24 seven, 
like it doesn't matter what you're selling as long as you are passionate about it you're going to find your tribe you're going to find your people and your audience that is obsessed with it as well and they're going to feel that passion you just have to keep a hold of it because this life is hard this i always say this i'll leave you guys with this like i say this to aspiring entrepreneurs all the time because someone said it to me and it kind of it really helped me when i was in the beginning stages this is not the easy route like everybody is kind of maybe is trying to move into this and work for themselves and create their own businesses. But I just want you to know, like, this is not the easier route. It is a lot easier to go get a damn job and go and work for someone else. And not to say that's a bad thing, but it's easier to do that because it's, it's secure. It's, it's an, it's a known, it's a salary, it's a guaranteed. Um, this is the harder route and it, it's not easy. And there are a lot of unknowns and there are failures in your future. Like it's just unavoidable. So just know that you're doing a hard thing and it's going to be hard, but it is so damn worth it. Yeah. I love that. That was so good. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Gabby. You are so welcome. I can't wait. To, I'm going to like literally go listen to all of them. I'm so excited. Okay, y'all. I hope you love this week's episode. All of Gabby's information is in the show notes if you want to connect with her, as well as the link, again, like I had mentioned for the Abundant Business Academy. Definitely hop onto that link and schedule a call with me so we can chat about you joining this round of the Abundant Business Academy. Spots are filling up. And as I had mentioned, there is not going to be another round until the probably end of April, beginning of May. So definitely want to get you in there now. Um, so you don't have to wait until then to start making a hell of a lot of money. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of the If She Did It podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would head on over and give us a rating. Um, five stars would be awesome, but however you feel about it, um, I want you guys to be honest and give me any feedback or, you know, write a review. Let me know if you're loving it. And don't forget to put your Instagram handle in that review because I will be picking a winner at the end of every month this year to win a um, 45 minute strategy session with me. And all you have to do is write a review. It's that easy. Write a review and you're in the running to win a strategy session with me. Um, you will be re-entered every single month moving forward to win. If you do win, you will be taken out. You can't win more than once, but definitely go write a review. If you don't win in January, you might win in February or another month in the future. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I mentioned before, go ahead and write that review. Check out the Abundant Business Academy, and I will see you on the next episode of the If She Did It podcast.